Well, hi guys, I'm Lena Abujamra and you are listening to the Living with Power Hope podcast. It's good to have you back. Hope you're enjoying our Dear Lena series. We have been looking at difficult questions in a post-Christian culture. In fact, we're here to give hope to Christians in a post-Christian culture. Uh, My goal is to to provide you biblical truth for everyday life, and we do it by looking at questions that you have for me on faith, life, culture, and everything in between, and uh, uh, looking at God's Word and summarizing some uh, straightforward, clear-cut, ER-style answers. And so uh, we're looking at all kinds of questions, and uh, today, like every other day, we're going to look at a new question that was sent to me by a listener. Uh, In fact, if you have questions that you'd like to ask, I'd love to get them and hear them and answer them. Just use uh, my email address, dearlina, L-I-N-A, at livingwithpower.org. That's the email you can send your questions to. You can also share this podcast with others or like it and leave a comment. Even better, why don't you leave a five-star review? We'd appreciate it. Just go to iTunes, to the Living With Power Hope podcast and leave your review. Uh, Hey, it's great to have you back. Uh, Today's question is... uh, Um, having to do with government, which it's an election year. We're talking a lot about government. So I think you're going to appreciate some of the insight here. Uh, The question says this, Dear Lena, I do not agree with so many governmental rules and regulations anymore. How should I submit to government when I don't agree with it? Uh, You might uh, hear this question and think, yes, I agree. So many of us have this feeling and We don't want our feelings or our opinions to influence our thought process on this. We want God's word to influence it. So let's try to tease this out. And uh, as I typically do, I'm going to give you three big ideas and try to expand on this idea of governmental rules and regulations. And by the way, the more post-Christian we become, the more you're going to find tension with government rules and regulations. And we've already seen that play out, and I don't need to give you specific examples, or maybe I should. But we see it play out in the, uh, as a doctor, I've seen this play out with abortion laws and uh, uh, the freedom to uh, uh, make decisions that uh, you, your conscience might wrestle with versus what government mandates. And of course, we've seen it with same-sex marriage and some of the implications of that. But there are many, many implications of this question. So here are three big ideas. Number one, uh, when it comes to governmental regulations and how we uh, who want to honor government but also uh, live by our conscience. Um, here's some thoughts. Number one, establish in your heart who the highest authority in your life is. I think that this is a critical principle. You've got to first establish who's the highest priority in your life. We have a lot of priorities. We have a lot of um, people that we report to. If you're uh, younger than 18 listening to this, then you're likely reporting to the authority of your parents. And If you're over 18 and still living in the household of your parents, you still might have to respect them. But you also have your boss and you've got your pastor and you've got your church leaders. And so um, let's tease this out a bit. Uh, How can you figure out who the highest authority in your life is? Let's remember um, the backbone of this uh, discussion has some biblical verses that I think you might find helpful. Number one, let's look at Romans chapter 13, verse one. It says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, period. For there's no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. So right away, you sort of glean from this verse a couple of thoughts. Number one, there are authorities. God does expect us to submit to them, and uh, God is the authority over human authorities because he's the one who institutes these authorities. And so uh, another uh, great verse is in 1 Peter chapter uh, 2, verse 13. Beloved, or I'm sorry, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. I love that verse. I love Peter's perspective. And 
Uh, he clearly says that, you know, by the, by the way, Peter was a man who's, who wrestled with those things. I'll show you some of this, the other side of Peter's thought process in a minute. But here's a man who had been uh, trained and lived to uh, make a distinction between his highest priorities. And while he recognizes that there is priorities that are instituted by God, we're going to see shortly that he had to make decisions that sort of contradicted that at some point. Uh, I think one of my favorite, though, sections of scripture in this is Matthew chapter 22, and uh, the passage, of course, is the, one of the most famous passages about government and God. Uh, the Pharisees went in verse 15 and plotted how to entangle Jesus in his words. They sent their disciples to him, and here's what they said. Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then, what do you think, or what you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. So when they heard it, they marveled and they left him and went away. And so Jesus clearly sort of set the standard that there are some things that pertain to government and some things that pertain to God. Ours is to delineate and distinguish which is the highest priority in our life. Of course, the knee-jerk response, every Christian says, well, God is my highest priority, but it takes discernment to figure out when uh, the government officials that are over you are in line with God and when they're not. But again, when push comes to shove, you've got to decide, are you going to, to be more submissive to human authorities or to God? So while Caesar rules the land, it is God who is your true king. I think this is worth noting because uh, we forget that. We don't see God, and he isn't visually ruling our day by day. In fact, the more post-Christian culture is, the less we see his ways and his ruling, in a sense. And, and we need to be remembering that while Caesar rules the land, it is God who is our true king. And while Caesar might threaten our comfort, it is God who protects our life. All right, this is immensely important. So our priorities have to line up with the Lord because A, we're part of his kingdom, but B, because ultimately he's the one who protects us. And so you can um, say till the cows come home um, that, you know, the government protects you. Maybe that's your thought process on it. I think in 2020, most of us are sort of leery of the idea that government protects us. But nonetheless, um, uh, uh, God is the one who protects us. What we look for to Caesar is our comfort. We want our taxes to be low and our safety to be high and, and crime to be low and on and on and on. And, um, and, and so part of distinguishing this highest authority in your life is to sort of think about where do you look for comfort? And then while Caesar might be honored by the majority, it is God who rules the whole. And I think uh, that's what I love so much about the verses that are written. Peter um, uh, actually both that and, and actually in Romans, I'm sorry, in Romans uh, chapter 13, verse 1, where Paul says that, um, that though there's human authorities, that it is God who institutes those authorities. So Caesar might be honored by the majority and recognized by the majority, but it is God who rules the world. So in a post-Christian culture, people might not recognize that God is ruling over Caesar, but that's the fact. We know that. He's sovereign and he's the one who okays everything. Even if there are officials that you don't like, God has allowed them to rule. And we see this pattern in the Old Testament over and over again, where there were good kings and there were evil kings, and God allowed both, and God sometimes used enemy kings in order to um, send a message to his people. And so establish in your heart, first of all, who the highest authority in your life is uh, when it comes to obedience of government when you don't agree with them. And so here, here's sort of a follow-up to that. Number two, identified in your mind what the highest priorities in your life are. So first, there's this idea of authority and who you're going to bow to, but secondly, identify in your mind what the highest priorities in your life are. And so in order to discover your priorities, you have to become familiar with God's word. 
and with God's heart. His word is the key, is the way to know his heart. And so if you don't know God's word, you'll never delineate what his heart is. And the only way to recognize what priorities you should hold to, if you're living for a kingdom that is governed by Christ, then you need to know Christ's heart. You need to know what motivates Jesus. And so, again, a practical example, when you think about the issue of abortion, why is that such a big deal to so many Christians? Well, because it is about the protection of a human life. And if you know anything about God's heart, he is all about protecting life. Uh, life, humans are made in the image of God all the way from conception on. And you might be saying, well, but I don't believe life begins at conception. Well, as a doctor, I can tell you that you can look at ultrasounds. We used to say, man, at 25 weeks, I'm not sure you could see anything viable. And now we've got people regularly being born at 23 weeks and they're viable even less than that. And that's crazy. And so, again, these have very practical implications. So this, to discover your priorities, you have to know God's heart. And how do you know God's heart? Well, to discover God's heart, you must become familiar with his word. Why do I always harp about the Bible? Why do I say, man, you got to spend time in the Bible? Why do I constantly teach that? Well, because the word of God is the way to God's heart. That's how you know God's character and God's pattern of working. And so when you think about the priorities in your life, if you don't know God and his character and his attributes and his ways, then you'll never be able to establish right priorities. And then to reflect God's word, you must become committed to obeying it. So you got to move past just knowing God's word. There's a step of obedience. So to know and not do is is hypocrisy. And so for you Christian who's living in a post-Christian world, before you even get to government, first, who's the highest authority in your life? Is your heart in allegiance to this highest authority? I hope the answer is Jesus. Secondly, is your mind prioritizing the things that he loved? And how do you know it? Well, by looking into his word and by prioritizing his word and becoming familiar and obeying those things that you know about him. And so when it comes to issues of obedience, I think one of my favorite uh, scriptures is is in the book of Acts early on. And we mentioned a bit about Peter. Um, uh, Is it possible to obey God and man? Well, sometimes, but not always. And so Peter and the early disciples after Jesus died and went to heaven, uh, Acts chapter uh, four and five, uh, but we get to chapter five where um, Peter and and I think it was John had been thrown into prison and they were brought before the council after to, to be judged and the high priest questions them in Acts 5 verse 28 saying, we strictly charge you not to teach in his name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. So they're talking about Jesus. Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Um, that crowd, it says in verse 33, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. And uh, it's a fascinating story. And you see the same sort of idea back in, in chapter 4 of Peter, uh, where they're, they're outside. These are the people who hid when Jesus Christ was crucified. They were so afraid and they were so ashamed. And then uh, Jesus rose from the dead and their lives were transformed. And now they're unstoppable and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're speaking with boldness. And when threatened by the government and they were told, man, you got to choose God or man, they say, man, it's not a choice here. We are serving God no matter what. And we're going to follow the highest authority because we follow the highest priorities in our life, which is to declare the name of Jesus. You see the same pattern in Daniel in the Old Testament, who uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and 
Daniel to different times uh, were threatened with, with, with being killed and with being thrown to the lion's den and being thrown into the fiery furnace and says, man, even if you put us there, even if we die, we'll still believe the Lord. And so is it possible to obey God and man? Um, it used to be, and the more post-Christian we become, the harder it will be to, to do that. So you're going to have to choose. And how do you choose? Well, based on your authority in your life, based on the priorities in your life and by the leading of the Spirit in your life. So you got to be in tune to the Lord through his word to make those decisions. These are not simple decisions. I would highly recommend um, consulting with your pastors and leaders when it comes to those things. And I know we tend to be cynical in a post-Christian world about our ability to connect with our pastors and leaders, but uh, most uh, pastors and leaders that are in the word of God and under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ are still, there are plenty of them, I know them, they're godly men and men who uh, are, are waiting to be engaged in your life. And so don't be afraid to engage them. Or again, you can engage uh, me and, and, and some of the other you know, parachurch leaders who uh, have made themselves avail available to you. So, so uh, I don't agree with so many governmental rules. How should I submit to government when I don't agree with them? First, establish the highest authority in your life. Second, identify the highest priorities. And then thirdly, resist in your will the temptation to cancel culture simply because you don't agree with it. All right. I talked about cancel culture early on in the series. And truth is that uh, we always think about ourselves as Christians, as victims of cancel culture. But you know what? We are also uh, people who cancel other cultures. If you don't like someone, you unfollow them. You stop listening to them and you close your mind to them. And it's easy to err on that side and be like, well, they don't care about Jesus anyway. I'm not going to listen to them. And it's easy to do that along party lines. And, 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 and I would caution you in that. Remember, we're not serving a political party. We are serving a higher priority. We're serving a higher authority who does not see uh, elephants and, and donkeys and red and blue states. He sees past that to human hearts. So it takes humility to listen and understand with those who you do not agree with. It takes, it takes a posture of humility to cede your time to them, your ears to them, your, your, uh, not to be threatened with their opinion and to, to listen to what they have to say so that there's some foundation for conversation. So it takes humility to listen and understand with those who don't, you don't agree with. And it takes love to yield even in the little things when you don't agree. That doesn't mean you, you, that doesn't mean you join them in a way that is not true, but, but it does take love to yield sort of your right to argue, to yield your right to make your point. I think that this is, we're living in this era where everybody feels like if I make my point, then I'm fine. But uh, love says, it's okay, I'll let God speak for himself and I'll just yield my words, my time, my heart, um, even in little things. And you don't have to win every battle. We're going for the war, if you want to look at it that way. So it takes time and patience to see the fruit of your hum humility. So resist in your will. We've talked first about your heart and the highest authority, your mind and the highest priorities. And now resist in your will the temptation to cancel culture simply because you, don't, you do not agree with it. So when it comes to governmental rules and authorities, we're going to be living in days that are going to make it challenging in many ways. And I think, I think before you get to the specifics, the big questions are, number one, uh, who is in control and who is the biggest authority, the highest authority in your life? Secondly, uh, what are your priorities? What are you trying to accomplish here on this earth? Are you trying to win souls to Jesus? Are you trying to spread love and a taste of the kingdom of heaven here on earth? Or are you trying to win an election? And I think Christians have gotten confused sometimes with what our end result is. So we need to redefine our priorities. And thirdly, uh, resist in your will the temptation to cancel culture simply because you don't agree with it. Now, that might mean that you sit down with someone that uh, is diametrically opposed to you on, on, on the way that um, they are voting and the way that they're thinking and the way that, and it might even be to your pain and it might even be to 
your, you know, to eating your pride and shutting up where you know you're right and you can speak up. Uh, but we're going to have to make decisions that show what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so uh, there will come a time where you will need to stand up and you will suffer for it. Peter and John and other apostles were thrown into prison. James was killed because of his faith. So there will come a time where, where blood will be shed. There's no doubt in my mind. And many countries, in fact, most countries have people who are dying for the sake of the gospel. But here in the United States, so far, we're uh, in this junction of transition where people no longer hold to the, uh, to the, to the ways of Christ. Uh, not that they ever fully did, but there was an openness to the gospel that is no longer there. So now, how we respond to government might just impact how others respond to Jesus. So why don't we approach this prayerfully? And uh, that's what I got for you today. Hey, um, uh, it's always fun and challenging to think through these things. If you've got questions about today's Dear Lena, go ahead and send it to me at dearlena at livingwithpower.org. If you've got a question that has come to your mind, you'd like to ask it, send it my way. Hey, if you've liked this podcast, why don't you share it with someone? Like it, leave a comment, leave us a review. I know I say this every time, but it's because we need you. You're part of this thing. And uh, lastly, or before the last, uh, go to our website, livingwithpower.org. When you land on the landing page, a couple of things. First, there's a free resource. If you subscribe, you'll get a daily devotional in your inbox. It's called Power Minutes. It'll literally take you a minute to read every morning. It is a devotional that is yours for free. It has a verse, a thought, and then a question to digest throughout the week. So if you're looking for resources that are free and biblical, get that. And here's another great resource. On Thursday nights at 7 p.m., I teach live in our Facebook community group. All you need to do to join it is when you go to livingwithpower.org, click on Join Our Community. It'll be at the top of our landing page. We'd love to have you. We'd love to pour into God's Word in you. Listen, if you uh, like this but want more biblical teaching, Thursday night, 7 p.m., that's where you'll find me, Central Time. Hey, I love you guys. As usual, have a great week, and I'll catch you next time.